Welcome to the Cambridge Judge Business School Podcast Centre. Interesting parallels have arisen in two studies into executive level salaries. One from the UK's Independent High Pay Commission found that a top executive is currently paid 145 times the average wage and by 2020 that differential will have grown to 214 times the average. The second, a Cambridge Judge Business School study, asked the question, performance for pay, how does executive compensation translate into future stock price performance? Professor Raghavendra Rao says despite extensive research into CEO salary levels in the US, there was no real indicator as to the benefit for those who actually own the company from paying the CEO a high remuneration package. The research is complete, so do shareholders benefit? I guess since the 1970s, uh, CEO pay levels in the U.S. have probably risen about 10 times as fast as average worker wages. Uh, This is what an article in The Economist said. And over the last few years, there's been an increasing consensus that the level of inequality has widened across most countries in the West. Uh, Today, for example, in the U.K., typical top executive is paid over 100 times the wage of an average uh, worker in the UK. So these are extremely highly paid executives. So the question is, what are they actually delivering for their money? What responses did you come up with? The bottom line is simple. What we did was we looked at the CEO relative to the median company in his peer group, which is other companies in the same industry and the same size. And what we found was the CEO who was paid the highest relative to his median peer group company perform the worst. So in other words, paying more pay actually got worse performance for the shareholders uh, than if you had simply paid the median pay level. There's a lot of discussion at the moment, isn't there, about CEOs and CEO remuneration. And the, the image that we get, the perception is that the more you pay the CEO, the better he is as a performer. You've got to pay the top money to get the top man who is going to perform in the best way. Uh, that's exactly right. Actually, that's what has typically been called the uh, Lake Wobegon effect from Garrison uh, Keillor's book, uh, Lake Wobegon Days. And typically, the the idea is the board of directors basically wants a CEO whom they can tell their shareholders, look, we bought the best guy possible. But the problem is, of course, that if we didn't tell the shareholders, we got the best guy possible, but we're paying him peanuts, shareholders will say, why on earth did he come to work for us? So usually companies say, you know, we, paid, we, bought the, we got the best guy and we paid him the most sum of money because he deserves his pay. So it's called the Lake Wobegon effect because it creates a sort of ratchet. I mean, if, you, if your company does badly, but every other company in your peer group does well, the board of directors votes your pay increase anyway because they can't say now that, oh, our CEO is much worse than all the other CEOs out there. So it's a place where all men are handsome, all women are beautiful, and all CEOs are paid above average. Do CEOs recognize that? I think they do. When CEOs ask for pay level compensations in the, uh, in the U.S. and in the U.K., they typically benchmark against their peers. So they say, you know, why am I getting paid this when I know that so-and-so got paid much more than me and so on? And, and that's common. That's a human reaction. I believe that probably is true across most industries. Your study was conducted basically in the American markets. I mean, are there parallels to draw here with the UK and indeed European markets? Yes and no. Uh, the S yes part comes in the case that the pay differentials are also widening in the UK and in Europe. So, for example, in the UK... 
uh, the level of inequality has widened significantly since the 1970s, just like it has in the U.S. So you would probably expect that some of the features which we find will also hold true in the U.K. However, uh, there are some other, some positive sides. There's more clarity, I believe, in the U.K., and there are more regulations on the amount of pay you can you can actually pay in different forms of compensation. And the major problem, I think, with um, in the U.S. is shareholders simply don't know enough about how much um, the CEO is paid, in what form he is paid, and they have no vote on uh, whether that pay is, in fact, uh, good or bad. So, for example, the board of directors votes the CEO um, an incredibly high pay, pay uh, raise, uh, the shareholders typically cannot come back and say, I don't think that's justifiable given the performance of the company. They can't vote against it. I believe in the UK, it um, is starting to get to a p- state with the uh, with the new reforms uh, being announced um, that you might be able to have more clarity on that. If that is the case, then the problem should reduce. But as long as CEOs have significant power within the company, the problem won't exactly go away. Is there any single thing that the, your research actually threw up that surprised you? Well, we were actually expecting um, that, you know, the, in line with the traditional economic thinking, um, that the more you pay a CEO, the more closely aligned his incentives are with the shareholders, we would expect to see that the firm does better. So we were expecting a positive link between um, incentive pay and performance. Uh, it was a little surprising when we found the negative relationship uh, but in retrospect, you see what's uh, what's been happening is there are two separate phenomena. Uh, the uh, the traditional ideas about CEO compensation talk about once we hire the CEO, how do we make sure he works on behalf of the corporation? So that's what's called a moral hazard problem. So the moral hazard problem is when you hire somebody to do something for you. But then once he's on the job, he does something which is totally unexpected. And that's exactly what the CEO uh, literature is all about. What we think is important as well, which has been neglected, is what's called the adverse selection problem, uh, which is who are the people who apply for these kinds of jobs? So if you have a job which promises a lot of money in option pay, but very little in cash pay, the people who are attracted to it are the risk lovers, the people who really say, you know what? I think I can do this. You know, the options are deep out of the money, but no problem. I think I can get my shareholder value high enough that the options are, in fact, valuable. And unfortunately, those end up being the overconfident managers who don't end up doing as well for the shareholders as they believe they should. You looked very closely into this whole questions of, of cash, options and salaries and the whole thing, didn't you? Is there a commonality across the board there? The largest component of incentive pay is, in fact, the value of options granted. And that's what we found was the number which was most significant. The higher the amount you paid in terms of options, the value of the options relative to the uh, median firm in the same industry in the same size group, um, the worse the firm did. And that was pretty much the factor which was driving everything else. Of course, a lot of this has come to the forefront, in, in certainly in the UK, in the last couple of years with the, the financial crisis. And we, we read constantly about the bankers' bonuses and the comparison between CEO salaries against that of the prime minister, for instance. Has that helped your study at all? It has. It has certainly generated a lot more interest in my study than would have been the case otherwise. It, it isn't something which only happened because of the financial crisis. It's been going on for a long time. 
The Fair Pay Commission has come out with some interesting research of its own in this country. A top executive is currently paid 145 times the average wage, and by 2020, the differential will be 214 times. That almost accords with what you found in the States, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. So the only hope is that, in fact, uh, there's a lot more transparency in this. I personally don't believe it would be wrong to pay the executive a a significant chunk of money if, in fact, he produces more the value for the shareholders than he would, you know, otherwise. But that doesn't just seem to be the case. Just paying more money doesn't get you more performance. So, in in a way, the top differential seems to be largely because of the Lake Wobegon effect. CEOs are saying, look, I'm being paid 145 times the average wage, but my competitor is being paid 150 times. Why am I not being paid as much as him? And that just ratchets up pay levels completely unrelated to performance. Professor Raghavendra Rao, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School. 